Welcome to the Inside Data Center podcast. I'm Andy Davis, and in this podcast, I will interview the people working in the data center sector and tell their stories. If you are working in the DC sector or you are looking to work in the sector, then this is the podcast for you. Welcome to the Inside Data Center podcast. Today, I'm joined by Vlad Gabriel Angel, Head of Product at DC Pro Training. Morning, Vlad. Morning, Andy. How's things? Good. A fellow guest in the UK, so we're we're on a, a nice sunny day here. I don't know where it is. Yeah, no, I'm in London, and I have to say, yeah, it is it is it is quite sunny, especially for a December morning. It's uh, yeah, quite uh, you don't see that every day. <laughs> no, exactly. That's why I had to mention it because yeah. it's quite rare that I start a podcast by saying the weather's nice here. Yeah. Um, thanks for coming on today. Obviously, really looking forward to learning a bit more about your career how you ended up where you are today and also exploring the training side of it and, and what you guys are offering at, at DC Pro. Before we start, I just want to give a quick introduction of, of who you are and what you do. Sure. So uh, as as you said, I'm Vlad. I'm the product manager. I'm the global product manager at DC Pro. Uh, it's basically my job to ensure that pretty much any training that DC Pro puts puts out there is fit for this market that changes from one day to the next. Um, this is basically what keeps me up at night every night. <laughs> Constant changes, which we'll definitely touch basically, on later. Yeah. I always like to go back to the start of your career. Uh, and I do a bit of a bit of digging on your, your LinkedIn profile. And I noticed you come from a computer science background. I do. So I just wondered, is that something you were always interested in, you know, developing as a career? So it's it's a little bit complicated. So I'll start I'll start with uh, I'll start with high school. So in high school, I basically underwent two Cisco certifications. So I'm a Cisco certified engineer. Uh, in um, so currently, I have a Cisco certified network associate discovery and Cisco certified network associate security. Considering I've taken them in in high school, they're long expired. But at the same time. Those were kind of my first foray into the world of data centers in the sense that that's when I first understood what goes behind um, basically the internet, what goes behind the thing that we've taken for granted for so many years. Um, Now, you have to understand that this was back in 2010. And in 2010, if you stopped someone on the street and went like, do you have any idea what the data center is? No one would have been able to answer. Like you would have asked maybe 300, 400 people till one actually gave you the answer. Um, I think nowadays it's actually a little bit better, but certainly back then it was it was way, like the industry was way more opaque than, than it currently is. Um, I've, I've obviously, after I've, after I've, uh, achieved my certifications, I've started, uh, I've started building out the computer network of the high school that I was in. Uh, and that was basically the very first, my, my very first attempt of actually basically creating sort of a smaller, but still a data center. Um, and after, like, I always knew I'm going to do something with computer science. I was always, I was always kind of like on that path. Was I planning a career in data centers? No, I'm in the same shape and form as pretty much everyone that's been on my podcast <laughs> uh, previously. And the the fact that I ended up in the data center industry to a certain extent is by chance, really. I had two interviews scheduled straight after I finished university. One was at the what was at the news publication, and the other one was at the employer that I'm currently I I, I currently still am with, uh, eight years later. 
Um, the interviews were <laughs> the funny part is the interviews were scheduled f- uh, for the exact same time for the exact same role, which was an IT assistant, uh, IT assistant role. Um, as soon as I got in, basically, um, <laughs> I've laid my CV in front of them. Uh, the IT manager was like, wow, okay, so you've got to, so you're a Cisco certified engineer and you're not even 20. Uh, yes. Okay. Interesting. No further questions. He can definitely do whatever we want, uh, whatever we need him to do. And basically fast forward from there. And it just, nat- I naturally progressed into uh, taking care of the training materials that DC Pro, DC Pro put out. Working together with our pool of trainers, um, it's basically my job to, as I said, to ensure that pretty much everything that DC Pro puts out to the market is fit for purpose in this market that literally changes from one day to the next. Yeah, no, definitely. And an interesting story. One question just on, on that is, what were your kind of colleagues and associates doing at that time? I assume you you had friends that were also computer science graduates or interests. Did they know what the data center sector was or were they going off in other, other strings to other sectors? Everything, like during the time that I was growing up and kind of forming myself as a professional, uh, as a professional, Everyone was focusing when when people were hearing computer science, they were instantly making a connection with programming. Everything about computer science was dominated by software, everything. And even if you were to, how should I put this, to look deeper for, let's say, university programs that were dealing with the hardware side of things, there weren't that many. And those that were didn't even focus on the digital infrastructure aspect of, it, of things. 10 years later, I still think we, there's a massive, massive lack of professional organizational development when it comes to the data center market. You do not have a BSc, a bachelor's of science towards data centers. You don't have a master's towards data centers. And given how complex these facilities are and how rewarding the job is in, when working in one of them, I just find it that something definitely needs to change. Like we genuinely need formal education towards the data center sector. And I think this is also one of the reasons that a lot of people genuinely don't don't make a connection. Um, You're surrounded by like throughout your development in university when you are uh, undertaking a computer science degree, you're surrounded by pretty much everything software operating systems, um, variables, programming. And it the differences lie in the kind of, how should I put this, in the, the language that you're being taught at that particular school. Yes, you are being taught to like have the programmer mentality, but there is so much more to computer science than just programming. And it kind of seems slowly but surely we do have people kind of seeing this and uh, taking steps towards it. But as we both know, it's not enough. It's generally not enough and more should be done done towards this. Yeah, I totally agree. And it's quite an interesting point as well, because you know, like we've talked about before, if you if you want to attract these people to the sector, you know, even those those candidates and those individuals that are interested in computer science or ICT hardware are still not getting that exposure to the sector because it's not part of the syllabus for what they're studying. Yeah, no, totally. And um, how should I put this? The, another thing that I don't know, I would I would call it pure luck, basically, um, is that I've 
I'm all, I'm a thinker at heart. And when I started, uh, basically, when I started working with computers and being a gamer to begin with, uh, I obviously started looking towards building my own computers. Now, once you get to that stage, a server is just another computer. Yes, the RAM modules are going to look different, but they still slot into a, into a particular slot. Uh, and it's it's kind of the same approach. It's just that um, in order for you to have the curiosity to even think about it, you need to get into a certain stage and you need to get into a certain mentality, which again, I, as as we've, we've already discussed, the fact that computer science basically equal programming was not um, was not helping towards this basically. Uh, and I've talked to, to previous guests as well about gaming and how important gaming could be in attracting talent. And that's another subject we could go on about for hours. So we won't, but it's a massive market. And if someone can solve that problem and in, in gamification for talent attraction, something along those lines, then they're going to, they're going to win the war on talent. Definitely. Obviously brings us on nicely to DC pro um, and, you know, what you're doing now and, you know, the impact you're having on the sector as an organization and, you know, and as an individual, do you want to just give a brief outline of what you do, what you offer and, you know, how it benefits the sector? Definitely. So um, DC Pro was founded in 2011. Literally, uh, the uh, as it was founded to basically kind of try and bring a standard towards education um, for the sector. Now, getting a lot of people to agree on something, it's a very, very difficult thing. And even more so when it comes to training, training is the hardest sell in the sense that you need to tell them nicely that what they're doing is not exactly great, and now we know better. Luckily, um, DC Pro has amassed through its partnership with DCD. Basically, DC Pro has amassed uh, a pool of trainers that, and I've literally done the math. In total, they have over a thousand years experience working directly with the data center sector. So, when it comes to uh, joining one of our training courses, for example, um, you will get boots on the ground experience, and you will get real life data center based people like people that worked in the data center day in day out and they're still doing consultancy work for the data centers so it's to a certain extent it's kind of the best um best skills transfer if i can say that um before the pandemic uh, our courses were um we've to begin with we have two types of courses we've got instructor led courses and online courses as a millennial, I'm of the belief that pretty much anything can be achieved with online courses. At the same time, you know how like our market is at the forefront of technology, but when it comes to its processes, it's outdated and ancient, um, and it doesn't seem willing to change to a certain extent. And I'll give an example. Um, before the pandemic, before the pandemic, our classroom courses were delivered across three days. So three full days, seven hours each day, um, in-person, face-to-face, workshops, this, that, and the other. As the pandemic hit, and hey, we could not get um, a number of people in a room, we basically moved to virtual delivery. Now, the virtual delivery happens over five half days, and that also gives them enough, uh, gives the students enough time to also deal with any any work stuff that might come throughout the day. So you don't necessarily block a whole uh, block a whole week block a whole week out for training. And um, the feedback that we got was great. 
And everyone loved loved the idea. Um, we also, as I said, have a full end-to-end professional development solution, which is very very easily scalable and is delivered as uh, as e-learning. Certain um, forward-thinking companies have realized that this is well. We can bring all of our engineers to a particular benchmark, and then we can develop them from there. Um, it's very scalable, so basically for pretty much any single uh, operator that needs to train up hundreds and thousands of engineers, it fits very, very well with uh, within their organizations. But the uptake is not as big as everyone would have thought, in the sense that there is still this idea that online training is somehow inferior to instructor-led training. When considering the technologies that are available now, you can literally make a blend of both worlds and actually get the benefits from both sides. So it's, um, in a nutshell, DC Pro basically is um, providing end-to-end data center knowledge transfer services for for pretty much anyone, Uh, anyone working within the data center sector and working with the data center sector, because we also have people joining our courses from other industries such as real estate, for example, because this is uh, currently becoming quite a, quite, a big, quite a big play on real estate companies as well, realizing that data centers, hey, at the end of the day, it's a building that sits on a plot of land. So technically, it is real estate. It, a lot of it happens inside it, but at the end of the day, it is real estate. So that's, um, in a nutshell, that's, that's, that's how I would describe DC Pro. Yeah, and it's interesting you talk about the online side of it because one thing I was going to say to you is I interviewed someone recently who develops VR and AR software and he was discussing, and I'd never really considered it before, the, the impact that that can have on training and development. And I guess that's the type of thing you're talking about, isn't it? That's the future for training, isn't it? Exactly, exactly. And don't get me wrong, it's it's by no way means shape or form a new idea. Like VR and AR have been uh, technically first brought to the fore in the late 80s when um, and they were first brought to the fore in the late 80s. But and again, considering that the data center sector is technically at the forefront of technological advancement, the fact that we still do not have easily deployable training scenarios in VR, in AR, in pretty much kind of all sorts of mixed reality forms. Um, I think it's it just further is it's further proof that something is dragging this industry behind, like some something is not letting it accelerate as fast as it should be. And basically, we're trying to solve that that issue one one human at a time. That's that's basically how how we how we look at things in DC Pro. Yeah, my view on that is that the sector's grown quicker then they've been yeah they can't keep up basically i think the sector grows so quickly that these organizations are moving at such a pace they actually forget about the learning I mean, and development so it is true like if your if your main concern right now is how am i going to add additional capacity to this thing that i'm already out of capacity yeah i i do understand i do understand that point of view but at the same time um i think training is crucial for your company's growth uh, we we do have a saying in 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 DC Pro in the sense that what happens if we train our people and they leave? And the question actually should be what happens if you don't and they stay? Because I think that the latter has way more impact than the first. 
Um, granted, we do have a skill shortage, so it's going to be quite difficult to <laughs> to find someone to replace to replace the person you just lost. But at the same time, this is uh, this is a, a thing that I I firmly believe in, and it's training is necessary for growth. So um, whenever whenever taking expansion plans into into account, training should definitely be part of it. Yeah, one hundred percent. And I, another question I was going to ask, and it brings us on nicely to it, is. I, I believe a lot of the conversations I have now are that the larger organizations, the operators are putting more of an emphasis on training and development now. So are you finding that more companies are coming to you to help set up and establish a training program? We do. We definitely do. And uh, But again, I think this is, this is in part led to what you just said. It's they are growing at such an astonishing pace that they basically, in order to get the people that they require to keep these facilities, these new facilities alive, they basically need to look into other industries and bring them on board and then train them up to match exactly what they need. In the sense that, um, as I said, it's like from a sales perspective, if you sell, I don't know, potatoes, you should be able to sell data centers, data center space as well. Like the, the act of a sale is not that different. However, if you take an engineer from a nuclear power plant and put it, put him in a data center, yes, there are going to be some transferable skills, but they will still need a lot of professional development in order to understand how basically each of the subsystems within the data center talk to each other, how they rely on each other, and how all of it is an orchestrated thing for uptime and why downtime should never be even mentioned, <laughs> the D word. That's where I think the VR comes in as well. When I was talking to this, this guy about it, um, I was saying that the cross-sector side of it is a, is a big challenge. People want to bring people from other sectors, but they don't have the time to train them. So it's like, how do you bring them in, train them in a live scenario without it being a live scenario? <laughs> And then and then get them up to speed for, with your other engineers. So that's what I was saying. Actually, the VR side of it, if you can create a virtual data center, put these people that have the skills, have the experience and the attributes to deal with those scenarios in VR, they can get that exposure much quicker than they can in normal training environments. Definitely. And not only that, when I was first, so when I when I jumped into, into DC Pro from DCD, it was this whole thing of like, well. Okay, so training for the data center market is quite like there, there's a lot of room in this in this particular market. Um, and I would go even a level above in the sense that if you have a 360 degree camera, you would basically be able to map any facility. Mapping any facility and then adding some interactive layers on top of pretty much any kind of game development engine, be it Unity, be it Unreal, be it whatever you want to do it in. You, you could technically be able to train your engineers on the facility that they're going to work with day to day. And I challenge anyone to tell me a better training scenario than that. <laughs> oh, exactly. And this is where I left my conversation with, with Van Hale, who was the guy that, that did it. And it was just, I was like, actually, that just makes so much sense now. It's obvious when you actually think about it. It's just a case of putting it into place and, and getting it going. Another point I wanted to touch on was obviously what we've talked about briefly as well, the, the speed the industry changes and how you adapt to that. So the technology is coming in all the time, new systems, new software, everything is rapidly changing. As a training provider, how do you and, and individually, I'm sure, ensure that you keep up to date with what's coming into the sector? I mean, um, in a nutshell is if I don't, 
then we've got an issue. <laughs> In the sense that, as you said, everything changes from one day to the other. I'll just give you a brief example. Um, as I said, we've got an online, uh, a full end-to-end -end online professional development solution. We also have classroom uh, instructor-led kind of training. Now, in 2021, the latest version of Azure ATC 9.9 came out. Now, it's basically up to me to go back into every single course, every single mention of Ashray, and add either an extra slide or extra learning interaction that basically <clears throat> explains uh, Ashray TC 9.9 .9 2021 version. This is, uh, this is a constant thing. So the way, the way we keep on top of it is we work closely with our instructors um, and our instructors are basically set up as a technical committee that advise when it comes to what content should go in or should go out depending on how, how depending on market dynamics basically um, we take input from all of them and then we curate that list we apply the changes and 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 we basically follow the student feedback from there um, when it comes to uh, keeping afloat and keeping like in keeping in touch with basically every single every single change that um, that happens throughout the market, I think that the best option here is still gonna be just keep up with the latest news, join conferences, join seminars. It's now easier than ever because pretty much everything is virtual. Um, the, the the as I said, DC Pro is a partner of is a sub sub company of DCD and. DCD always ran events, and with the with the pandemic, uh, it was also forced to basically pivot online. And now, pretty much every single thought leadership aspect is free to view. You just need to fill in a form, and that's it. You you're literally finding the latest and greatest from the people that are actually pushing the industry forward. So, <clears throat> when it comes to actually um, keeping afloat. I, I I basically just think that, that that that's the that's the best way forward. No, I agree, and I think and I also agree that online's just changed everything, hasn't it, significantly? Because you know, I always enjoyed events, but you know I can attend an event anywhere in the world at the click of a button now, which makes it a lot easier for me to to network with individuals and learn about the industry and what and the new technology, anything new that's coming in. From a um, talent perspective, is another point I wanted to touch on with you. Obviously. Yeah, you, you mentioned it earlier, you know, you're a millennial, you know, you're kind of sort of fairly new to the industry, I guess, and you come from that IT background. But from your perspective, you know, what do you think the industry needs to do to attract more people into the world of data centers? Don't be as stringent as current job posts are. Because um, I was literally looking the other day at uh, at job ads for the data center, for the data center market. And when you're looking for uh, when you're looking for a facility manager that has 30 years experience running data centers, I mean that it's literally you you're looking at the pool of five five people, and it's also about um, it's also about looking for talent in the right place because I think a lot of owners and operators go like, okay, so I've opened up this new this new facility, I need someone to run it. Who can I get it from? Oh, other companies within the sector. I mean, as we very well know, our sector is growing. It's quite a profitable sector. They're going to be quite quite comfortable in the position that they are. Um, so you're going to need to make an extra effort in order to actually get that talent in. Whereas if you, for example, um, 
become a little bit more relaxed in terms of hard skills and focus a little bit more on the soft skill side of things, I think results are going to be are going to be much better. Take me for example. I'm not uh, so my as I said my uh, as you said my background is in computer science um, because I've basically built entire gaming networks of PCs. I understand to a certain extent what goes on behind that. And I have the ability to learn and I have the ability to quickly get up to speed um, with, with more complex things that happen within the data center. So it's in my mind, I think the focus should be more on the soft skills side of things in the sense that can this person quickly get up to speed given their current knowledge? And suddenly the pool becomes way wider now. It, it becomes in, in the thousands, maybe even millions. Um, again, it's also, and another thing that I think uh, to a certain extent conflates this is the fact that the industry is still, still hidden. Like if we go back to uh, when I was saying like 2010, in 2010, no one knew what the data center was. Maybe there were like 30, 50 people <laughs> basically were able to tell you what the data center was correctly. Um, this has gotten better in the last decade, but we're still a long way away from uh, from actually seeing um, seeing students even being like, yes, I want to work in data centers. Um, don't get me wrong. When I was a kid and I opened up my first computer when I was seven, um, I was of the belief that IT support when I'm going to be the age that I am now is no longer going to be needed because, hey, people grow up with computers. They're going to understand that computers work in a certain way and they're going to be able to do a lot of fixes by themselves. I could never be more wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's about the fact that not only the data center industry is very opaque and very hidden and and it's not something that's being shouted out loud, being like, hey, this is an actually really, really cool career. And you're basically keeping, maybe I'm exaggerating, but you are keeping humanity alive. I mean, if we are to look at the previous pandemic, if there weren't any data centers, um, it would have been like the Spanish flu epidemic in 1918. So it it's... It's not, it needs to be more, uh, it needs to, it, it needs to come forward more. It needs to be more transparent and we need to keep doing things like this. If you, if you ask me, like bring awareness to people that might not necessarily have any idea about, about the industry. I'm sure, for example, there will be some of my friends that definitely have no idea what I'm doing and what I'm working with. And they're going to listen to this and all of a sudden they're going to be like, oh, data centers that's so obvious i didn't i never thought about that so um to 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 answer to answer the question is just be a little bit more flexible that's that that's literally i think to a certain extent what it's all that it takes just be a little bit more flexible and stop being so rigid on on hard skills yeah no i totally agree with all the points you've made there and i think it's important to remember for anyone out there who is recruiting in data center sector that there is a finite amount of people in the data center sector and the industry is going faster than that talent pool so you have no choice but to go outside of the sector for certain skills you don't need to do it for everything but you have to be more flexible as you've said to attract people into your business or you're going to limit your growth there's, there's no other option as far as i can see 
And I'm quite tempted to do a survey on who knows what a data centre is. Stand outside a tube station in London and do you know what a data centre is? And I'd love to know what the actual results would be. We might be shocked. <laughs> I think I genuinely would because a lot, like you said, a lot of my friends, you know, didn't know what it was until I started boring them on LinkedIn with all my posts about the sector. And they say, oh, you're doing a podcast. What's that about? And they didn't necessarily know what it was. And if you think they're in your pool of friends, so you imagine what it's like outside of that exactly. pool. You know, there's definitely a massive amount of people that have no idea. But yeah, great advice. Um, to close, before we finish up, there's one question I ask everyone on my podcast. If you could give one piece of advice to those looking to work in the data center sector, what would it be? Wow. Okay. Uh, really, really good. Really good question. Um, for those looking to work in the sector, I would just basically say just just connect with people in the sector. We're an awesome bunch, genuinely. Like I've yet to meet someone within the data center sector that's I don't know, for a lack of a better word, uncool. <laughs> but maybe it's maybe I what I consider cool is not like in the same uh, in the same in the same space as with everyone else. But the thing is, it's if you want to go into the data center sector, you can. You, there are so many points of entry within the data center sector, um, and and as we just discussed, there are so many other industries in which skills are transferable towards the data center sector. So don't necessarily think, oh, I need to be an IT guy. I also need to know electrical engineering. I also need to know mechanical engineering. And on top of it, I also need to kind of understand how am I going to do a MOP, SOP, and, and so on and so forth. And it's, it's, it's just not about that. Um, you can enter the data center sector as a salesperson, you can enter the data center sector as um, as an IT technician if you, if you like IT. Um, it's if you want to go into the sector. What I would suggest first and foremost is just network with people within the sector. Um, while we do, uh, while we are all over the world, there's not that many of us in 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 the sector, and and I I genuinely think that. Anyone wishing to join the data center sector can do so if they really, really wish to do so. Um, yeah, great advice. I think it's great advice. And I agree on the um, connect with people and network because everyone I interview on this podcast pretty much has said, reach out to me. I'm happy. I'm here to help. So yeah, that's just a snapshot of the industry. You know, there's obviously 60 odd or however many it is I've had on, but that's a snapshot. And everybody's like that, aren't they? Everyone's the same. Everyone, everyone. And don't get, to a certain extent, I think a lot of people within the data center sector also want that to happen. They want people, like, I genuinely, if someone stopped me on the street tomorrow while I was going to work, was like, sorry, do you have 10 minutes to explain to me how Instagram works? I would literally go, like, see that coffee over there, that that coffee place over there, let's go there, I'll buy your coffee, and you just listen. <laughs> I would, like, I genuinely just, it brings me joy to make people understand that the thing that they take it for granted is actually this complex landscape that very few people know the inner workings of. And further to the point of uh, of how to get into the industry, a lot of people are saying training is, is very important. Yes, it is. But as we, as, we, as we discussed previously, if you have the right attitude... I doubt you're going to have any issues in entering the sector in any way, shape or form. 
see it. They always say you can't train attitude. You know, you can train skills, but so look for the attributes you want and train the skills. That's the, the logical solution. Loved our chat. I think you shared some great tips and advice. And also it's good to know more about, you know, the, the excellent work you're doing at BC Pro. And also I know you've got your own sort of video podcast as well. So we'll direct people to that. Um, and they can listen to some of your previous snapshots. As you've said to people to reach out, I'm sure you're happy for anyone to reach out to you. If you've 100% got any questions. definitely. You can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, you can find me on Facebook. You can find me on Instagram. <laughs> I'm a millennial. I'm everywhere. <laughs> So you can literally find me everywhere. Um, I will always, always happily answer any questions related to data centers. Uh, and yeah, message away. Yeah. Thanks for your time. I love the chat, as I say, and, and we'll catch up again soon. Definitely. Thank you, Andy. It's been it great. Rad. Take care.